Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson, and I'm always delighted when we get to spend some time with, I consider, a good friend, Wallace Henley. He's a former pastor, daily newspaper editor. He worked in the White House during the Nixon administration, congressional aide, served uh, 18 years as a teaching pastor at Houston's uh, Second Baptist Church. Uh, he's the author and co-author of more than 25 books, many of which I highly recommend, such books as God and Churchill, his latest book, who will rule the coming gods, and it deals with the looming spiritual crises of artificial intelligence. Globequake, as I think, is also one of his great books. Anyway, there's a picture of who will rule the coming gods book, and since artificial intelligence is so much in the news, I think this is a must-read for you. Check it out. By the way, he also writes for the Christian Post, and you can go to thechristianpost.com and check out a lot of his articles. Brother Wallace, how you doing, friend? Well, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Perry? Good, buddy. Good to see you. Doing well and health good and wife good and all that? Yes, indeed. You won't believe what I did last week. No, what'd you do? I went to Washington, D.C. Hmm. I stayed at the Watergate Hotel <laughs> and I gave a speech on the Watergate. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> did you? Well, it's been a long, long time since you've been there? Been a long time since I was there. Yes, indeed. But the same atmosphere is still in the air, yeah. even, worse, even worse. So hey. I didn't bring much encouragement. Uh, uh, we'll get into that a little bit. What did you think of the uh, 300,000 plus in the uh, Capitol Mall yesterday, pro-Israel? What did you think of that? Well, it was stunning. And I think to, to see that is certainly to make a very powerful statement of where people stand. And I think the administration and others need to heed that very carefully. Good. All right. Well, I want to come to an article that you wrote about a spiritual revival within the Catholic Church. And uh, there's a lot of questions surrounding this. And the first one would be, why did you take this on? What caught your attention? Well, I've been studying the Catholic Church recently and, and uh, trying to understand some of the doctrinal streams that have formed modern Catholicism, especially as Pope Francis comes into power, because he seems to be departing from some of those streams. And so consequently, I became very curious and attended some lectures and all kinds of things, and that just compounded uh, my interest in this topic. I believe that right now we're seeing a buildup, if you will, in the spiritual oceans of the world, a, a buildup of a great tsunami of revival. And when I read things, I, I had to make notes from this, from a, from a Catholic uh, site. Jesus is calling us uh, in our world to a deeper place in our world. And we are in uh, the need for a very great strength from him, the Lord Jesus. And we're beginning to see things like that emerging from the Catholic Church. And I believe that when that tsunami of, in, of intense pressure, I think this is what Joe Biden is all about. We've got Joe Biden in the political world. We've got Pope Francis in the spiritual world. And these, through their doctrines and through their extremes, are building up a tremendous amount of pressure, hunger in people to see something happen something glorious and wonderful that will transform cultures, because we've come to that place of near desperation. And Pope Francis will really help the Catholic Church to get there, whether he intends to or not. Okay, so in the last couple of years, Wallace, we've watched uh, in America basically 17, maybe a little bit more, uh, major denominations split down the middle, primarily over wokeness. 
And the tendencies of that have appeared in the Catholic Church to the point where the Pope is being criticized for a lot of things, two of which this past week where he fired the bishop in Texas and that he's going to go ahead and allow those who are of uh, homosexuals to be baptized within the church, two major dividing points within the church. So the irony, I guess, of all this is that it could cause a revival back to traditional values. Well, this is exactly what I said is happening. Uh, my wife and I occasionally go to Mass because we're, we're, we're seeking to get the feel for this, of what's happening. And I'm always um, deeply moved and deeply impressed by the hunger that I feel in, in the room when this is going on. And so I'm, maybe I'm just uh, a bit naive, but the reality is, and I've been an old newspaper reporter for a long, long time, and the reality is that something is happening and something is building. And I think we need to be alert to it and ready to ride the wave when it begins to come in. Um, does this have a tendency to, I'm, I'm trying to go back a few years, does this have a, the tendency to maybe be in the category of charismatic Catholics? Yes, and I think the Catholic Church is a, is a very fertile ground for, charismatic, for the charismatic movement. In fact, uh, I can remember the 1960s. Uh, when I was writing the religion beat for a large daily newspaper, um, and I remember interviewing people from the charismatic movement who had already found a very comfortable place in the Catholic Church. And as in the case of all of these movements, it, it, it uh, slowed a bit, but I think it's, it's returning now. And I sense a spiritual hunger, a spiritual hunger in the Catholic Church as well as in the evangelical church. The evangelical church, in the meanwhile, is becoming less and less desirous of true revival, and really looking for uh, an excitement of some kind that may not include revival. Uh, I wrote recently in the Christian Post about what I call the grunge church, the church that where, you, where your, your, your shirt hangs out and you're, just, you're not really worshiping the Lord, you're, you're following a style. Well, I think the Catholic Church is rising up with this hunger for revival, and I pray that that will touch every part of the church. We've got, we've got the revivals that have happened on evangelical church ca uh, college campuses, and we, we see, we're seeing God move. And I think we need to open our hearts and pray for our Catholic brothers and sisters as they seek the Lord in this, this tremendous move. Um, do you see this threatening to the hierarchy of the church? It is very much because the hierarchy of the church is exactly that. It's a hierarchy. And we saw that in the solidarity conversations. Um, last week and the, and the week before uh, in Rome, the, the papal synod, I'm sorry, the synod, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a conversational thing built around the, 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 the topics the Pope wants us to talk about and deal with. And th hopefully the, the Catholic Church will not become just a chit-chat thing around some doctrine of a bunch of elites sitting around a table, but they need to listen to these people who are spiritually hungry and the cultures that are spiritually hungry, hungry. And the power that they have over the ability, the strategic possibility they have of helping to fuel and to feed this tremendous need that is shaping in the church. Does this have the possibility of another Wittenberg door? I would certainly hope so. And I think, uh, I think you're going to see that kind of expression arising very, very uh, easily, uh, especially around, around what is going on. Um, in in uh, the the conservative side of the Catholic Church, so I think I think we're going to see this, and I think we're going to see a hunger rising up that the bishops are going to have to address, and they can't just leave it alone because the people are rising up. 
we're hearing, we're hearing Catholics begin to use word like Eucharistic revival. Uh, the Eucharist, of course, is the great uh, expression of Catholics um, and through the, through the what we would call the Lord's Supper right. or through the communion. And and they're, they're, this is building up. A hunger for that is building up. For intimacy with Jesus is building up. One of them said that God, that the Lord is calling us to something deeper. Let's pray for that. Let's encourage that. Because when Catholics join with evangelicals and others in this em, em, emerging revival, we're going to see some transformation in our culture. This is so interesting because— um... I have sensed, uh, and I have a lot of Catholic friends, and I, I have great regard for them. If it wasn't for the Catholic Church and the life movement, we would have lost it a long time ago. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm sensing now that there is a real, a genuine move to return to their traditional values, to get away from the politics and the cultural wokeness, but get back to the roots of the church. Is that what you're talking about? Well, that's what I'm talking about. And while, while that's happening down here on this tier, there's an upper tier over there in Europe, uh, which, which wants to push it more toward European wokeness and European leftism. Uh, and that's the great irony, that, that in this culture, here in America, I'm not sure what's happening in other parts of the world, but certainly here in the United States, we've got something building that is of, of most encouraging uh, style, if you will. And I pray that the, that the church globally will begin to recognize this. Um. <laughs> I laugh because I'm struggling to ask you this question, but you're my friend, so you'll get with it. <laughs> and that is, wouldn't it be interesting that if there really was a genuine, and I'll even use the word charismatic, outpouring within the Catholic Church, what's the Protestant Church going to do with that? Well, the churches that are the, the show churches are going to say, boy, how can we get that at our church? And you see, you'll see a lot of denominational churches that resisted that in the in the 1970s and 80s when it was really blossoming here in America, you'll see them suddenly trying to gallop to it because it's hitting the Catholic churches and things are going on and people are being drawn in and people are being attracted. So I think we'll see a, a, a renewal of the American charismatic movement um, as this goes forward. So as you sense this is developing within the Catholic Church, and we're starting to see some division here, and the division can be a good thing because it could force the church to get back to where it should be and get away from all this wokeness. But isn't that a threat at the end to the papistry because isn't the pope kind of like the final say on everything? Well, the pope is the absolute power. And so consequently, yes, it will, it will bring tremendous pressure on him. And I suspect that, that uh, bishops will be fired, and, uh, in addition to Bishop uh, Strickland up in Tyler. Uh, they'll be fired and, and, and released from their, from their responsibilities and so forth. But there is a—the Catholic Church has always had to deal with its percentage, small percentage, of persecution. And I say small percentage because there, there were not that many Catholics in the, in, the, in the Deep South, for example, where a lot of this occurred. And so those who followed along in the revivals of the Deep South or, tr or tried to walk to some extent were, were, were accused and, and ridiculed and so forth. But I think this is going to be a different show this time. This is going to be something that the, that the prelates uh, are going to have to take very seriously because there's a spiritual hunger. Stirring, Irene and I have been in a lot of meetings where we've we've sensed that spiritual hunger, and we're we're praying for it, and we're praying for our friends um, in those movements. 
Um, do you think, given not only this pressure, but the overall, what appears to be the weakening of the Pope physically, that we are in for another conclave soon? I think the conclave will come of absolute necessity. I don't think it will be something that is formally organized. I think it will emerge like all of these movements do that are genuine. All of the genuine movements emerge out of need, and they, they, they take their own life. They have life upon themselves. They don't have to be resuscitated. They're there. They're waiting. Um, one, of, one of the people that I read last week, and I've got the note right here in front of me, um, is talking about the spontaneity of this and how the spiritual hunger is growing in the church and how that need is not being met by so many churches. And so the need is there. The need grows. It intensifies the desire. And then comes the openness to it by those who are in authority. They want to catch up to it and get on the, on the line. I can remember, <clears throat> excuse me, I can remember the days when, when the great authorities in the Southern Baptist Convention and other denominations like that were just so resistant to the things of lifting hands in churches. Now you go to evangelical churches and people are waving their hands and making all kinds of charismatic symbols that used to get people kicked out of churches. That's going to happen in the Catholic Church, too. Yeah, I remember that. All right, let me take a quick break here. I got a big question I'm putting together in my mind. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, you can check out Wallace's article on this at the ChristianPost.com. Fascinating. I'm so glad you've taken this on, Wallace. It's fascinating. So go to ChristianPost.com. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. I, uh, my brain's on tilt. <laughs> uh, and certainly, Wallace Henley is the guy to do it. And I'm so honored to have him with us today. He, uh, he's a former uh, pastor, a newspaper reporter, editor, years gone by. He's worked in the White House. He's written 25 books. And we're talking about his latest article there at the Christian Post. And let me encourage you to go to ChristianPost.com. By the way, subscribe. It, it, this is great, what they have there. And he wrote an article uh, about a revival uh, taking place within the Catholic Church. And Wallace, for years, you and I have talked about the subject of the transcendence of God. And it appears what I'm hearing you say that there is a hunger for this transcendent experience with the Lord that supersedes the hierarchy of church and denominationalism. Now, is that what I'm hearing? Yes, you are. Because just at the same time, that this movement is, is, is building up in the Catholic Church, there's a sense of need that is arising in the evangelical church. Mm. We've been buddy-buddy and patted on the back and all that kind of thing, but now God is really giving us a hunger for Him. And as I tried to say in the, in the book on, on artificial intelligence, we, we've got to recover the sense of the transcendence of God, or these machines are going to be more and more transcendent. And then the church is going to have to rise up against this. And I'm, I'm so grateful that God is using the Catholic Church. And I hope and pray that the evangelical church will grow up in that growing sense of, of need. I wrote, a, I wrote another little book 
on revival, on the Welsh revival of 1904 called right. Call Down Lightning. Right. What I'm seeing, what I'm seeing now in the Catholic Church reminds me of the chapters I wrote, the early chapters I wrote in, in the history of that revival in, in Wales, when, when revival kind of snuck up on them and it began to develop and it began to grow. And one of the things that I'm seeing in the Catholic Church as I attend services and listen carefully to what other their writers are saying is that we're kind of in a place like that. And the evangelical church in America also has the opportunity now to get into that great, great wave that God is beginning to move across the planet. So what could be described here is uh, this revival that's beginning to show fire here in, within the church is more about a relationship, a, a genuine, authentic relationship with Christ more than just dealing with Catholicism. That is correct. And the hunger for relationship uh, is, is being expressed in, in ro- the wrong kind of ways, where those who really don't relate to the church, like the prelates or who are very high in their position, but they really don't relate to the church and understand the hunger for relationship with Jesus, relationship with Jesus, not just an institution, but relationship with Jesus. And I thank God for the Catholic Church. It's, it, it's preserved some wonderful things. And, and one of the things that is preserved for us is the need to reach upward. And we get hungry for that when all we do is relate to an institution. We begin to seek to reach out to the living being. And I think this is what's happening, and the, and the Catholic Church can be at the forefront of this. Yeah, if, if, this way. That's described very well. You know, um, so, something that we're seeing here through response to what we do through Christian media is that there is a genuine um, growing disdain for all things media because it can't be trusted. And at the end of the day, some, everybody has some sort of a religious connection. It may be very little. But they're thinking, maybe I ought to look there now. Maybe I ought to take a look at that now. And they'll tune in, not knowing what to expect. And, of course, the miracle takes place. God matches the content of the program with their need. But the point being is that there seems to be a genuine, tired of all the nonsense, I've had enough of this baloney, I think I'll look to something spiritual. I wonder if we're ready for this revival. Well, I think we're very hungry for it. And what happens is when, when, the, when the media, when, when a propaganda machine runs out of shockwaves, then the propaganda machine is dead. And what's happened with the secular media is that they are out of energy. They're out of gas, if you will. And so they're going to have to look for something else. And guess what? There are people who are shouting and dancing and singing and rejoicing in the Lord in some of the movements that are on television and radio even now. Um, and so the, the, the media are at a place where they've got to find a way to be more novel. And what better way than for them to surprise us all by embracing some of the spiritual expressions that we utilize in our own worship? Mm. So how do we and will we or does it matter if we try to reconcile the Theological doctrinal differences between Catholics, Orthodox, and Evangelicals, Protestantism. In true Christianity, doctrine arises out of relationship. <clears throat> if doctrine is formed in a secret place or aside from relationships with other people, then that doctrine is probably going to become a dictatorial 
hand-me-down from some higher authority, which is the problem now. So consequently, as evangelicals who sit in the pews and Catholic, uh, Catholic folks who sit in the pews, as they begin to join, as they begin to link up and, and pray for one another and, and talk to one another about those doctrines if they want to, but let's talk about the relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the things the Catholic Church has done for me is even though I don't embrace the doctrine of the Catholic Church, I embrace the reality that they seek, which is to know Christ. There are two big things, two big things that are very, very compelling. Number one is exaltation, and the other one is continuation. So exaltation is the exaltation of Christ. However they express it, however they feel it, the Eucharist is about Christ, about knowing Christ. Secondly, it's continuation, which is the apostolic succession. And we don't necessarily agree with the, what that, with the way that's interpreted, but the reality is there is to be a succession there. We've got to believe that someone, uh, that John, uh, in his great uh, knowledge of Jesus Christ, disciples somebody who disciples somebody who disciples somebody. We believe that as evangelicals. We just don't express it that way. The yeah. Catholics got the hold on that big time. Um, one thing that I have respect for with the Catholics and the Orthodox, many things, but one that stands out is, um, is their respect, if I can use that word, or their exaltation of Christ to the point where their cathedrals make you look up and I'm wondering if there's going to be a return to that respect and at least holiness back into the evangelical church. Well, it's going to take a long time for that to happen because the evangelical churches, and again, I'm an evangelical, so I'm not uh, condemning, but the evangelical churches are going to have to understand the rec- what, what the recovery of, of, of that uh, looking up to God is all about and why in the Middle Ages that the cathedrals were erected so that you had to look up, you had to look straight up and understand the greatness of God. The problem was that that became institutionalized into some kind of Catholic norm or some kind of doctrinal belief that you had to embrace if you were going to be saved, rather than relationship with Jesus Christ. They lost it at that point, but the, but they have the opportunity now to, to regain that, and, and good sound doctrine can come from that, our understanding. And that's the, the issue that faces us in our time. That will be reviving. It will be strengthening. How do we bridge the doctrinal differences, or can we? We really we, we can't bridge them by, by, quote, discussions and sitting down at a table and having a synod or whatever they call it. That's, mm-hmm. that's not. But as we unite in mission, as we understand that we have a common mission, and if, and if we understand that we, we all have a passion to exalt the Christ, I mean, so much of evangelicalism has focused on the human being, the, the flashy people, the rock singers, and all these kinds of things. And we've lost it there. We've lost it there. They may have lost it down there at the kneeling bench, where they have a ritualistic uh, expression, but we've lost it there. And we need to confess it as we come before the Lord and, and, and learn how to pray together and get on our knees together and lift up one another in prayer to God. There seems to be um, a hunger of that from what I experienced, and I don't know at all, just a few that I bumped into, but when you're dealing with some cardinals and some bishops within the Catholic Church, there seems to be this hunger for the very thing you're talking about, and yet they're trying to respect the Pope, 
while at the same time they disagree with them. I mean, they're in a pickle. Yes, and at some point, somebody's going to have to stand up to it. And guess what? The Bishop of Tyler did. And yes, he lost his job, but he did not lose himself. He did not lose his integrity. He did not lose his opportunity to touch the church. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, uh, to say the least. So back to us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm wondering if we sense Wallace, um, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. I was reading through some of our prayer requests that we get here at the Dove, uh, which is numerous every week. And I have to tell you, the desperation of people's needs is amazing. I'm wondering if we understand that and see it as an opportunity to evangelize. Oh, I think there's a wonderful opportunity, but I think we have to go in not thinking that, well, I'm going to use this somehow to get the Catholics over on my side. If we go in on that spirit, then we're going to miss it altogether because then we've institutionalized our stuff that we want to bring in and force on them rather than being in a common relationship. Go to, go to Mass. Go to Mass. And during the, during the periods of Mass, pray while you're sitting there in that room watching people go down to, to, to receive what they believe is the, the body and the blood of Jesus. Pray for them. Go down yourself. You're, you're not a Catholic, so you're not going to take the communion. But you're going to do this, and you're going to, as, as you do uh, that, as you approach the priest, you're saying to him, in effect, I'm not a Catholic, I'm not receiving the communion, but I do want you to pray for me or to bless me. And you can do that. Build those relationships and quit treating one another like we're some kind of isolated units out here uh, struggling against one another for a cause that ought to be a common cause. What, in are, you, secular- what are you getting out of it? What, what are you getting out of it when you go to Mass? When I go to Mass, I sense the transcendent holiness of God. I sense the looking up to the Lord because the focus is on Jesus, the Christ, the Eucharist in, in Christ. I looked, I'm getting that, which I'm not getting in, in the average evangelical church. And that's ca- causing a hunger in me. I want to know Jesus better. I want to walk with Jesus better. Now, all of it may be institutionalized and, and so forth. But nevertheless, that's what is that's saying to this old evangelical guy. That's so interesting. Um, so what do you want people to get from your article? What's the takeaway? To pray for revival in the Catholic Church. To pray for the Catholic Church like it's never prayed for it before. Instead of praying, oh God, change those people, those sinful Catholics. Instead, say, oh Lord, pour out more of your spirit upon those people. And awaken all of us, Lord, to a hunger for Christ and to exalt him in everything that we do. Pray like that. That'll change it. Yeah. Good to see you, friend. Um, thank you for taking this on. I, uh, let's stay updated with this. I'd like to know your, your, uh, your research as this thing begins to unfold, you know, because I think you tapped into something here that's going to, we'll be talking about it for quite some time. God bless you, pal. Good to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) You too. Thank you. All right. Check it out at thechristianpost.com. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.